I just want literally to recommend every content lead, uh, I don't know, head of content or whatever, to not push their team to create more content, to never put kind of these KPIs or OKRs, but always push your team to create a better content. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com AWT and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS So I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy and excited to be joined by Romana Ukstra. I hope I got it right. Romana is a content marketing lead at Leadfeeder, a B2B visitor identification software that tracks and identifies companies that visit your website. Currently, she's leading the remote-first content marketing team and crafts high-performing content marketing strategies with a focus on organic growth, SEO, high-quality content production, and distribution. We are connected for a while on LinkedIn, and I'm very excited for this uh, conversation. Romana, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, George. It was really a great intro. I already don't know what to tell about me, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I had a chance to actually watch your podcast and listen to your, uh, basically watch your webinars and listen to podcasts while uh, doing running or just walking. So it's really nice to be a guest this time. I've heard about it uh, before that people are watching or consuming the content, let's say, in general, uh, while running or exercising. I know. I'm happy that we have a positive contribution, like uh, in people's, you know, know, not just uh, business aspect of things, but personal as well. So I'm really happy about that. In any case, uh, we would like to hear some things from uh, from you, uh, especially uh, regarding your journey and what what has brought you to 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 where you are today. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like in general, honestly, my entire life was always connected and related to content. So like when I was maybe 12, I decided that I want to be a journalist. And uh, I was carrying this like idea all my time through like uh, middle school, through high school. And actually, yeah, I studied journalism and I got a bachelor degree also in journalism. And actually my first job was also in journalism. So I was working um, my like first two years, uh, I was working in local government and I was working in the press service of the mayor. So actually, it was really cool experience of uh, writing a lot of articles, press releases, press um, different like p- kind of press messages, uh, 
and just literally everything you could do. And uh, I loved it. And But that's something that taught me how actually to talk with people. Because you can imagine if you work in local government, you need to talk with many like politicians and people that actually don't want to talk with 18 year old students that like, hey, hey, can I get, can I get an interview with you? But uh, yeah, so like at some point, I really love the job, but you're always looking for something, first of all, like well paid, that local government is definitely not a place for it, unfortunately. And um, secondly, I always like, I was quite young. I just did it like during university and I wanted to have a remote job or at least flexible so I could travel. And this is like how I end up in marketing. So like I, I started uh, working as digital marketing specialist in IT company. So actually all my experience was always in uh, tech and B2B companies. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, however, like when I joined as a digital marketing specialist, I had no idea about marketing, honestly. Like when I hear some CMO, CEO, CFO, and all these like titles of CLA, I was like, oh my God, what is this? So, like CEO, PPC. <laughs> yeah. So like, Honestly, like my first probably one year, it was really like educational, but like self-education. I was literally reading about everything, like how to do, I don't know, ads on LinkedIn, how to do something else. Mm, and yeah, like I was doing a lot of basic digital marketing activities, su such as like setting up different digital campaigns. Uh, I don't know, sending newsletters. And of course, also I was managing blog. And that's when I realized that marketing actually doesn't need to be only about basically only about performance numbers, ads. It doesn't need to be paid activities. And this is like how I actually dived in more into organic uh, growth and organic like marketing. And I really uh, like basically I started liking writing blog articles, managing blogs, basically managing all the content. And this was, of course, based also on my journalistic background. And uh, at some point, I just basically switched more into PR and PR direction. That's also where I learned about like SEO. So I was more like SEO outreacher and PR manager. So I was more like trying to land some links for websites. I was trying to be mentioned in different articles. Mm, and yeah, and like at some point combining like digital marketing experience, PR experience, journalism experience, I actually end up in content marketing, I think it's like, you know, slowly took me uh, to my place. And uh, yeah, right now I am managing, like, as you already mentioned, I'm managing the content marketing team at Lead Theater. And I think like content marketing is definitely a place I want to be. So right now it's already probably like two years when I'm not thinking about like changing my direction. I feel like, yeah, okay, this, this is the place where I can settle and where I can develop myself as an expert and as uh, like thought leader. It also seems to be at like at the end, content uh, marketing seems to be at the intersection of all your skills and the different things that you have done in the past and so on. Uh, quick question about people who haven't heard of uh, Lead Feeder before or haven't, you know, uh, visited the website and uh, even used the tool. Um, what is Lead Feeder and who is the, the typical customer? So Leadfeeder is a B2B SaaS product that actually helps sales and marketing teams to identify uh, companies that are visiting their website. So, for example, if you're using Google Analytics, you can see that you got 500 views from UK. But if you will use Leadfeeder, you can see that you got 500 views from UK from these 10 companies and names of companies. 
So actually, it uh, Leadfeeder helps basically marketing and sales teams with their lead generation process because basically you can find potential prospects uh, based on um, identifying companies that visit your website. And also Leadfeeder helps marketing and sales teams with sales outreach because let's imagine that you've seen that the company, let's say like even Ahrefs visited your website for 20 times, right? And they checked your pricing page and they checked your content uh, marketing services. Uh, you understand that maybe they are interested actually in something. As a result, your sales team can actually personalize outreach and write to their sales team like, hey, uh, maybe you need some, I don't know, help uh, on your content, uh, uh, like in your content industry or whatever. So it's actually something that is like helpful basically for marketing and salespeople, but in B2B, in B2B area. So we show company names. We don't show like that uh, person, George, who visited uh, your website, but we show what companies. Okay. And I guess depending on the size of the company and some like manual research, you can kind of understand who this person may be. Uh, I mean, if it's not like, I don't know, Mercedes with 100,000 employees, <laughs> Uh, you could, and it's a smaller company, let's say, even though like all of us would like to, to have Mercedes as a, as a client, uh, you can, uh, go on and check their like LinkedIn and say that, okay, it seems that there is a chance that this person was the person who visited our website. So I don't know, let's connect on LinkedIn or let's find another way, as you mentioned uh, previously to, to connect with them. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really, really, uh, helpful, I guess, on a, on a B2B environment. Um, so you're leading the con marketing efforts at uh, Lead Feeder, and my first question, which is kind of basic, how do you define con strategy at Lead Feeder? Mm -hmm. So in general, uh, I joined uh, Lead Feeder only like six months ago, and I will be honest, for me, I'm still figuring out a lot of moments and a lot of stuff that is happening in our like content strategy. Uh, but uh, in general, what do we do? Mm, we always kind of divide our strategy in like three types. So mm, we have like yearly strategy, quarterly strategy, and like a monthly strategy. So like uh, on a yearly basis, we always define, for example, what topic clusters we want to develop, what uh, pages we want to, uh, to develop, what link building targets do we have, uh, what topics we want to write about. So this is like high level goals uh, during like our one year planning. And every quarter we have more like detailed planning. So we create already like detailed content plan. For example, with all the content briefs, with all the article topics, with uh, uh, experts we want to use for our articles. We create content distribution strategy for three months. We know what we will do in the coming three months and what uh, articles, what content we will like basically distribute. And uh, of course, like during three months, we also choose, for example, let's say 10 main pages we want to build links to. And we do, and we work with link building agencies that helps us on this. And of course, afterwards, we have like basically monthly content strategy. It's already everything that we do in quarter, but in more details. So for example, content briefs needs to be written, assigned to writer, edited, published. Uh, content distribution documents needs also to be done. And everything needs to be, for example, scheduled across multiple channels like LinkedIn, Twitter. So that's, uh, that's how we do it. Uh, 
I've noticed by taking a, a look at your website, and obviously I, I know Leadfeeder and I've been following the company and the company's blog for a while now. I've noticed that and I know that uh, your content strategy is a big, or to put it differently, a big part of your content strategy is content that's created for a search audience. Uh, and my question would be, obviously to create content that's created, to create content for a search audience, you uh, need to identify what these people may be looking for uh, in Google search. And um, then this brings me to my question, which is how do you approach keyword research, identifying what these people may be looking for online in Google search uh, and selecting these keywords, like prioritizing them and say that, you know what, uh, this quarter we have to go with these keywords because of, you know, X, Y, Z reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, so in general, our um, content strategy is a lot like, uh, SEO lab. However, right now we are trying to change our balance on like 50% of content should be people first and 50% of content should be SEO, like for search. Uh, but what we do, so as I mentioned before, unlike our yearly strategy, we always know what topic clusters we want to develop. And let's imagine that we decided that, um, for example, now is Q4. And let's say we imagine that in 2023, we want to push a lot everything about demand generation, right? Or like inbound marketing. Uh, so if we decide these keywords and like actually these main topics, uh, I perform the detailed keyword research. I use quite like old school tools as first of all, Google Search Console, just to see how people find us. And just to see, like, maybe there are already some keywords that uh, contain demand generation. However, we are not indexing as good as we could. Maybe we have position 120, but if you write the article, what is demand generation, we could actually start indexing our website based on this keyword. So I actually perform general keywords research, like through Google Search Console, first of all. And secondly, I'm using, uh, like, Ahrefs and SEMrush for more detailed keywords uh, research. Uh, right now, uh, like first, I, I actually had more experience with Ahrefs, but when I started working at Leadfeeder, I don't know, we like casually switched to SEMrush. So I uh, basically check every, we have demand generation and I just do a really detailed research on seeing what are related terms to this term. What could be, what is the phrase match or what is exact match, or what is something we could basically change. So how to do demand generation, what is uh, gen generating demand means or whatever. So like when we actually collect all these keywords, it can be really, it can be, sometimes it can be hundred, sometimes it can be thousand or like 10,000. It depends on the topic. But based on this, we already uh, seen of what is the volume, what is the keywords difficulty. We actually built our content around these keywords. So if you, for example, see that demand generation campaign templates, it has a great volume. However, keywords difficulty is like only five out of 100. Of course, we will go first for this because we have a great chance of great ranking there. So this is like how uh, I think like shortly, uh, this is how we build uh, and how we do keyword research for other content strategy. Is keyword difficulty or I don't know, search volume, like the only metrics you take into account? Uh, like from a prioritization perspective or you you take a look at other things for example how difficult it would be uh, for us to create this piece of content because i mean uh, what is uh demand generation uh, uh page 
is pretty straightforward and let's say easier for the team to create compared to creating something else like a, a really in-depth guide. So do you take any other, uh, I guess my question would be, do you take any other mm -hmm. factors into account when like prioritizing uh, keyword opportunities? I think I always check what other competitors do because of course other competitors also do something in demand generation if you do it. So I actually check what they have already and how good they are, how many links they have, what is their, their positions. And also like based on this, we can already like also prioritize a bit because uh, for example, I just I can just um, tell you um, we have a great article about website analytics tools, and it's an article that goes from fifth place to the first place in Google, and always is changing. But as and at the same time, there is the, almost the same article from Hotjar, okay, also about website analytics tools. However, it's more like their niche. You know, they are really just website analytics stuff. So for them, it's kind of easier to rank. But we always have with them like this. Sometimes we are on the first position, then we are on the second because Hotjar went up. So like this is the example where we actually are the quite great, uh, let's say, positions. However, we have a competitor that is better than us maybe in this because they are specifically only website analytics related. So I think it's also really important what players are on the market while doing keywords research. Because if we are... Uh, let's say B2B tool, we don't need to go into B2C market or whatever, because I know companies that want to be everywhere, but it's it's not right. I think you need to find your niche and just develop yourself in within that keywords and within that space. I like that. And uh, that's an interesting example. Uh, we will try to, to include that in the in the Sonos. Uh, I would like to to ask, um, I would like to know um, about your typical process when it comes to concreation. Um, and you mentioned previously con briefing, like, do you start by creating a content brief and then move on to the creation and editing of the piece? Um, how, how does that process look like? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we always start uh, with a basic general content plan when we just write the topics and maybe we just, if it's like uh, for SEO, we check what keywords are there just to basically understand if we can rank there and we need to go for it. Uh, so when we have a topic, we start with the content brief and we write it really detailed with all the H1, H2, entire structure of the page, what H3 should be mentioned. Um, so what should be like meta title and meta description with what keywords. So we start with really detailed content brief and content briefs are also a bit different sometimes because it depends. Are we doing a people first piece of content or are we doing really like SEO focused piece of content? So if we do SEO focused piece of content, we really work a lot with like SEMrush, for example. We really do it like kind of keywords oriented. However, if it's people first content, it's a bit more fun, like personally for me, because then it's like my, again, journalism inside me is saying hello. Uh, like you go to person from your company and you just say like, look, I want to write article about, I don't know, based the best uh, sales prospecting techniques. Can I have an interview with you? So you can jump on a call with this person for 15 minutes, just make notes. And then based on this kind of short interview, you can just write a brief. So that's how we do it. And uh, afterwards, when we actually have a brief, um, sometimes also if it's like SEO content, we run it through ClearScope. I don't know if you had a chance to work with this uh, tool for like SEO optimization that helps you to optimize content. 
but it's actually like sometimes we sometimes we run uh, our briefs through ClearScope just to see their suggestions because they give really great suggestions based on competitors. They show you how many words your article should have, what titles should be there, and sometimes it also helps you with outline. You know what more you could include into the article. So like, and afterwards, like, okay, we have a content brief, we assign it to the writer, we work with freelancers, and then we just wait. <laughs> and when we get actually the article back, um, I have a content manager in my team that is responsible for basically our content, uh, like our blog, and she edits the article, already does some like internal linking, for example, if she sees like some potential for linking our like existing articles and existing pages. And uh, yeah, afterwards we have, now we're trying to implement also like design process. We finally have a designer on our team and it's uh, it's the best what could happen to any content teams that just work with Canva and templates. But um, like when article is ready, it would go through design process and then we just schedule it to go live uh, due to our like deadlines. Uh, we schedule it in our um, contentful, our CMS. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, thanks for explaining. I suppose that, you know, one of the target audiences, let's say, um, of lead feeder is salespeople. Okay. Uh, and you kind of touched on that, uh, with, uh, a use case that you, uh, shared with us uh, earlier. Now, the problem with sales is that unless someone is a, a newbie, uh, they can sense if the person who wrote the post knows their stuff or not. My question would be, how do you ensure that your con demonstrates uh, expertise and trustworthiness? Because um, from my experience with salespeople, like they can really sense when something is written by a person who hasn't really done any sales in their lives. Yeah, so we try not to take risks. And you know, when we write in some kind of content briefs for sales related topics, or it doesn't even need to be article, even if you write some LinkedIn post from other page, we try to do it with our internal experts. Uh, we have really big and really powerful sales team that has a lot of insights and has a lot of knowledge. And uh, at some point, like when I joined, I, I've seen that we are not using a lot of like potential of our internal experts. So right now I kind of like made this uh, like little change to our team is that every team member, uh, like including me, we have a monthly calls with someone from sales team. For example, I have monthly calls with three people, another my team member helps with three people different, and another team member helps with three different people. As a result, per month, we can actually chat with nine people and uh, we know our content plan. And for example, if I know that I have a call with someone from, um, let's say, partner team, I can always say him like, hey, look, we are writing an article about B2B partner uh, program. Can you please help me with insights? Or if I know that I have a call, for example, tomorrow with head of sales in US, I write to him and like, hey, look, there will be this brief. I, I want to chat with you on a call. Can you please help me with insights? And yeah, we just make it like, again, short interview, something like a podcast, but we just do short take tips from them. Uh, we basically write a brief with them. And afterwards, when article is ready, many times we like to review it also with someone from sales. So that like they will check and they will not say that like, oh no, it's messy, it doesn't make sense. So like really this sales content is quite tricky. And also there's a lot of sales content, like every day is like, 
thousands of probably millions of articles are written. So we're trying to have basically some real expertise and like real quotes from experts and we want them to share their real experience. So like internal like interviews, a process around that and a system around that to retrieve insights and data from salespeople uh, and also peer review uh, when a piece of content has reached uh, the, the level of, I don't know, final draft or first draft uh, so that, you know, um, someone from the sales team uh, lets you know that this is okay. It can, it can go mm-hmm. live. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah, exactly. That's, that's very that's, interesting. Please. Yes. Also for, yeah, sorry. <laughs> also like for these people, it's nice because we will mention them as the author of the article. As a result, they already have some nice, like, so they contribute for us to write a brief. They spend their time, but actually in return, we give them an article that is written from their name. So they can share it also on their LinkedIn. They can share it with their prospects. So we kind of like doing this, like it's mutually beneficial cooperation of like marketing a team and salespeople. The way it should be. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's a very good example. Yeah. Uh, now in, in one of your latest LinkedIn posts, you talked about Haro. Uh, help a reporter out if I'm not, out. you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, and how you got featured in a, in an article by using the service. Uh, can you please share a few insights and learnings from using Haro, um, uh, for link building uh, and, and digital PR purposes? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like first, probably first of all, what I can say about Haro, that Haro is a game. Like don't expect anything. It's like really, really random game. Sometimes you can send 10 pitches and you can get 10 links. And sometimes you can send 40 pitches and get two links. Like I had both cases. So I was like one time I was deeply disappointed in Haro. At one time I was really happy. Uh, but I think like I have already some key takeaways because I worked with Haro, I think three years with different companies and different brands. And I can say that like the most important in horror is urgency, basically how fast you will respond. Even if you get a pitch, uh, like you get a query from journalists that is asking for your advice, but deadline is, I don't know, in one week, like don't look at it. Like if you see the pitch, you know that you want to answer, you need to go right away. If you answer within like first half an hour, you may give this kind of reporter or like a, content manager great ideas for their article so they can take your advice maybe two more and that's it and all other pitches they will even not check because they don't have time you don't have time for it and uh, second is really only respond to queries from haro that are relevant to your industry if someone like for example if uh, i i work i am b2b marketer right and i work in b2b marketing and sales uh, company I product and if I see that someone is looking for expert in cryptocurrency but they want also about digital marketing like I don't need to go there because they will check my LinkedIn profile they will see that I have nothing to do with cryptocurrency as a result I spend my time I did research I wrote pitch but it will not be published because I'm just not a relevant uh, source of information for them and yeah so and that last one is really to be consistent write a lot if you start doing Haro, it needs to be every day. You need to really book in your calendar at least one hour on writing pitches. And yeah, just believe that this game will actually work out for you in a great way. 
I like all three points, but uh, I like the the first one that you made. I, I, like, I didn't know that you have to act fast and just uh, write the pitch and send it because this can have a, a positive impact and like kind of uh, influence the the end result of whether you will get uh, like featured somewhere or not. That's that's a very good one. And I mean, I don't have experience with Haro, so I don't know as many things. But I like this uh, this point. On the on the same topic of um, you know like content promotion, I would say, or like how do you would you call it like digital PR or yeah yeah probably mm. digital PR content distribution repurposing and all these <laughs> fancy fancy terms that are now yeah yeah on the on the same on the same topic, I would like to to ask if there is anything else that you do uh, to promote content and also <laughs> uh, and distribute content at uh, Litfeeder and also how what you will do changes based on the type of content like is it people first content how are we going to promote it or is it like content for a search audience how are we going to promote that mm -hmm. so in general uh, if we're talking about content distribution it's always about people first content literally if you distribute content for example for linkedin like you distribute it for people. You don't distribute it for uh, Google algorithms or LinkedIn algorithms. Because like LinkedIn algorithms, how does it work? If people like it, it will show to more people, you will get more reactions and stuff. So like if it will not be people first content, you will, you will not get results. So like in general, um, content distribution, I probably can also say we have like two directions. So one is basically like traditional content distribution. So what we do, we create a plan uh, for months. We choose, for example, four articles that needs to be distributed. And what, every article will be distributed around 10 times. So will be actually repurposed into 10 different content types. Let's say we have an article and from one article, we will get two LinkedIn posts for a lead feeder page and two different formats one may be like some post carousel that people can click and uh, just uh, scroll and uh, through different nice images another one can be just long post no like no visuals nothing uh, then we could for example publish video right now we're trying to boost our video marketing efforts so we trying to um, ask authors of our articles for example blog posts to record intro to tell like, hey, I just wrote this article, uh, please see the key takeaways in the article in the comments below. So that's, for example, how we distribute. And we also have like other channels like Twitter, Quora, we answering some questions. So we, I cannot say it's something like super special. It's basically we just distribute our content, redo it in different content types and publish it on socials, uh, like in different uh, channels. Um, and the second direction is uh, co-marketing campaigns with uh, different companies that have basically the same or similar target audience as lead feeder. So um, I am uh, I am like managing that direction, and uh, most of like co-marketing activities I do by myself or I do together with our partner team. So in general, let's say like lead feeder, right? You know, target audience sales and marketing people. It's not hard to find companies that are having the same target audience. So for, I, then I reach out to their like head of marketing or like a head of content, it depends. And I just say like, look, do you want to do some exchange? Do you want to do social media exchange? Do you want to do guest post exchange? And many times I agree because also like lead theory is quite established, established brand. Everyone knows it, so they want to do it. 
And uh, yeah, so then we kind of trying to distribute our actually content not across our social media channels, but we trying to distribute it across uh, other people, social media channels or across their blogs. So we're trying to rewrite article, uh, redo it, I don't know, make a webinar with someone. So we're kind of exchanging our audiences. We know that our audience will be interested in solution of this co uh, company in co-marketing campaign and like vice versa. So that's uh, basically how we do our content promotion. That that makes perfect sense. And I think that, as you mentioned, like Lead Feeder is such a, an established brand uh, right now in its space that... I don't think that anyone would say, no, we are not interested in, in doing a webinar with Lead Feeder or some other, I don't know, like co-marketing activity. Uh, I would like to shift gears a bit and discuss something that we haven't discussed so far, which is um, your team, um, your content team. And speaking of the content team, can you please let us know how you break down your team? Uh, and in your experience, what are the elements of a successful and effective content marketing team uh, okay so like in general i can already give a short preview and build some suspense um like maybe not everyone knows but lead Feeder is merging with uh, another company with ecobot as a result at some point we will create a new brand so we are merging two companies that will become one company and it will not be lead Feeder, probably it will not be ecobot it will be something new as a result, our teams will also merge. And I know that my content marketing team in the coming months will also change a lot. It will be, it will become for sure in a few times bigger. But, um, for now, what I can say, like our team is quite small. Um, I'm a content marketing lead, uh, and I have two content marketing managers in my team. That's it. We're basically a team of three people. Uh, one, like how we divided our responsibilities. So in general, one content marketing manager is responsible for the content creation. So it's writing briefs, doing keyword research together with me, uh, editing, because she's also like a native speaker. So it's always nice to have native speaker on a team when we're talking about content creation. So she is responsible for uh, creating uh, content for our blog, plus managing our freelance writers. Um, and from other side, we have a content marketing manager that is actually responsible for distribution. So if one is fully creating, 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 another one is taking what another content marketing manager created and she is distributing that content already across uh, like multiple channels. And uh, actually this other content marketing manager, it's more like a creative, um, let's say creator creative creator if you can say it like that but she does like webinars she tries to repurpose some videos she uh, works with other designer or like she creates some new templates so like in general this is how we have uh, our team right now uh, i think like um we need more people honestly and uh, right now we don't hiring anyone because we know we will have a lot of changes so we kind of like doing what we can with three of us. Mm, and like then from, uh, uh, yeah, of course, I forgot to mention my responsibilities. It always happens. Uh, but like, and my responsibilities then, of course, like manage two directions, but also like I'm managing more the SEO part. So I work in this link building agency and all the like co-marketing campaigns, also like some mm, uh, like optimization experiments and stuff. It's more like on my side. Uh, so uh, yeah. That's that's how like our team at Lead Feeder uh, is built. Thanks for explaining. One question I have uh, that I didn't, you know, um, 
like like just follow up to that do you do any content in other languages or not mm, yet luckily no not yet yeah not <laughs> luckily yet. only english <laughs> yeah okay yeah because it's a completely different game uh, to do content for for in other languages as well um anyway we are running uh sort of you know on time and i have a couple more questions before we go uh let's say uh, a con marketing lead uh is um or someone who is in general regardless of their their title they are leading a con team and they are listening to this episode uh my question is what advice uh would you give to uh that that person mm-hmm. uh, i think i would right now i would give advice that quantity is not a key in content marketing and i just want literally to recommend every content lead uh, i don't know head of content or whatever to not push their team to create more content to never put kind of this kpis or okrs but always push your team to create a better content so like if you see that your content is not on the levels that you want maybe you just need to decrease a bit amount of content and actually focus on the quality so basically only when you achieve the quality you want to see then you can create the like you can actually increase the quantity but yeah like quality is definitely something that you always need to remember if you are running the content team that's a very important point and one that we also recommend uh, when companies come to us either existing clients or new companies uh and want to scale things up as i see it you scale things up only when you have an established system process that you know works so okay these things work we we can say that it works with i don't know um 10 pieces per month now we can we feel comfortable taking it to 20 for example because we have seen it work with with 10 uh so that's a that's a very important uh point uh romana thank you very much that was all very very insightful um the last question i have for you uh would be um where can people find out more about you and get in touch if if they'd like to So in general you can all follow me on LinkedIn. It's Romana Hookstra as George mentioned and he got it right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I'm trying to share some tips and uh, like share some examples from our lead feeder content strategy on my LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out or feel free to reach out about co-marketing opportunities. I'm already doing some PR here and yeah, you can you can really just uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will be happy to hear from you. That's great. Romana, thank you very very much for for finding the time to to do this knowing how busy you are. Really appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll have you again next year uh after the the merger and uh discuss even, you know, different for sure and even more interesting things. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot and yeah, see you see you soon. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHS. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part: you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahers.com/awt and sign up for free.
another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.